Thank you, Pastor. And let's give the Lord some high praise across this house, shall we? Oh, blessed be the mighty name of the Lord of hosts. Glory and honor and praise to the wonderful, glorious, majestic name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Name that is above every name. No other name like Jesus. Somebody shout, praise the Lord Jesus. I love to hear that name, Jesus. Saving name, powerful name, glorious name. What a good-looking crowd for a midweek Wednesday night uh, service. Amen. What is it? We'll do Wednesday. Do you know? Do you know about that? Oh, okay. It's on Twitter. <laughs> I saw a hashtag today. We'll do Wednesday. I thought y'all made it up or something. Amen. Somebody here probably did. Hallelujah. It's great to be in the house of the Lord, feel the presence of God. Great to be in this great church. We've had wonderful, very kind hospitality and fellowship since we've been here. Great accommodations, great meals, great fun and fellowship. It's just been wonderful. Um, I think I may have overstayed my time a few nights. <laughs> Amen. Sister Varnum, you have that beautiful saying there in uh, one of the bathrooms. It says, please do not mistake endurance for hospitality. <laughs> I think I may have gotten confused a time or two along the way. <laughs> Amen. But we just enjoy. We feel so uh, comfortable and so happy. Amen. It's such wonderful, wonderful, precious people. And here we are, three nights of great revival, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Amen. <laughs> Of course, I'll be ministering tonight. Zachary will be ministering. Zachary Kleindance tomorrow night. Jeremiah Kleindance right. Friday night. You will want to be here. They've got a word from the Lord, and I believe it's going to be great. I believe it's going to be very, very good. Amen. Um, one simple verse of Scripture tonight. It's uh, really not my opening. It's way on down here, but I thought just so all minds could be clear, I'll read it first. And uh, Psalms 119 and 105. Psalms 1. What a breakthrough here Sunday night. Amen. Thank you. Uh, just notable, notable visitation of the power of God. And whatever the Lord began in you, realize Sunday night was just the beginning. No way to experience the full measure of what God has for you with a touch of His Spirit in any given setting. Amen. It takes time and for it to all unfold. So every time you get a fresh touch from the Lord, understand it's the beginning of something wonderful and powerful in your life. Uh, Psalms 119.105, it's just one verse that I want to launch from tonight, very familiar to all of us. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path. Yeah. And we are getting started in uh, refocusing yeah. in uh, ourselves for the new year, yeah. 2015. And what I'm going to speak to you tonight, I believe, needs to be a solid, essential aspect of our forward growth and our new season and our new year. I, I truly believe that we, at least what I've experienced here with you, is the shifting of winds to a new season for Souls Harbor and a new season for all of you. And this Word of God must be this essential foundation of the new season. 
If I were to give it a title, I guess I would just call it, I saw the light. I saw the light. Let's give the Lord one more hand praise, shall we? Great worship and praise unto the Lord. Blessed be the Lord Jesus' name. We do not approach your word lightly tonight. And everybody said, in Jesus' name, you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. A while back, some just not a long way, just a month or two ago, as I often do, I was in the early morning uh, hours where I had uh, awakened but had not gotten out of bed and was meditating on the Lord. I have spent a lot of time recently in the last number of years of my life doing a lot of praying in my mind and in my spirit. I believe it's how we're able to fulfill the scripture of praying without ceasing. It's kind of hard to just be on the floor, on your face, you know, all the time, wailing and crying out. And that has its function and its place and is very important and very valuable part of a life of prayer. You have to pray out loud and you have to pray uh, fervently. It's the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous that avails much. So in no way to take away from the very important aspect of uh, very outward, very verbal, very aggressive uh, prayer, but uh, to pray uh, continually, there has to be a portion of that prayer that takes place internally, yes. that is happening within your spirit on an ongoing basis. And I do that very, very much. And so I was praying in my mind, and I was meditating on the Lord, and I was thinking of scriptures, and I was talking to the Lord about things. And uh, it, it's, I told the Lord as I was speaking to him, I was asking a specific question about a certain thing. And it's my belief that the devil does not know our thoughts. I do not believe the devil can read your mind. Uh, I believe God knows our thoughts, but I don't believe the devil knows our thoughts. Now, because he's been around a long time, he's become very skillful at uh, reading the human race and reading body language and reading our actions and understanding what they mean, perhaps sometimes even better than we do. But I don't believe he knows what you're thinking. And so I'm telling the Lord, Lord, I'm asking this question. I'm speaking to you personally, intimately. Just, just answer me in my mind. Just speak a word to me in my spirit. And the devil will not even know that we have had this conversation. And the Lord spoke something to me that was quite surprising, that I was not expecting. It was outside of my pattern of thought at the moment. And the Lord, I believe, spoke back to me and said, yes, true, the devil's spiritual world of darkness does not know your thoughts. However, my word is a light. And if it is released from me in your direction, it will be a light traveling through the universe. It will be seen. It is not possible for it to be hidden. It is not possible for it to come in darkness. So although the enemy may not know the essence of it or what was said, he will surely know that I have spoken because my word is a light. Aren't you glad you saw the light tonight? Aren't you glad his word has become a lamp to your feet and a light to your pathway and the light cannot be put out? It cannot be extinguished. It cannot be turned to darkness. 
And on a little side note, I might go back to that idea, the devil does not know your thoughts. He does not know your thinking. So I think every once in a while, we just have to open up our mouth and let the devil know what we're thinking. Since he don't know what I'm thinking, maybe I just need to let him know what I'm thinking. If you're thinking of praise, why don't you just go ahead and shout that praise to the Lord and let the devil and all of hell know what you're thinking. I refuse to line up with the silent majority of our day. I want the devil to know which side I'm on, where I stand, what I believe, and who I am. And the world will not know what we're thinking, but they can hear what we're saying. Would somebody like to just say something right now? And let the, the Bible said, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let a praise out. Let a hallelujah out. Maybe the devil's thinking you're too discouraged to worship God. You, you've had too bad of a day to praise the Lord. You, the bad news was so bad you can't praise God. Why don't you let the devil know, no, that's not what I'm thinking. Here's what I'm thinking. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking can't nobody do me like Jesus. That's what I'm thinking. Maybe the devil thinks he finally has you so discouraged, you're about to quit and give up. Maybe he needs to say, no, let me tell you what I'm thinking. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. That's, that's what I'm thinking. I'm, I'm thinking the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. His truth endureth unto all generations. That's what I'm thinking. Woo! Don't let the devil misread your silence tonight. Come on, let him know whose side you're on. He thinks you're defeated. Man, he say, no, I'm not defeated. <laughs> I'm not going to give up. I don't feel like quitting. I, I feel like traveling on. <laughs> Praise the Lord. That's what I'm thinking. Hallelujah. Sometimes you just have to let people know what you're thinking. Sometimes you have to let the devil know what you're thinking. I try to hold my tongue as much as I can, but sometimes I just got to sound off, Sister Varnum, and let people know what I'm thinking. Amen. Amen. His Word. His Word. The Word of God. Living, breathing, forever settled. Non-diminishing, non-expiring Word of truth. It's a light to our pathway. It's a lamp to our feet. It turns darkness into light and confusion into understanding and a lie into truth when the word of the Lord comes in. The entire church is built upon the foundation of the word of God. We're not making this stuff up. This is not just how we choose to do it. Amen. Not my way, his way. Not my will, his will. Not my word, his word. It's a dangerous thing when we start discounting 
the word of the Lord that comes to our lives through pulpit preaching, pulpit teaching. The administrators say, well, that's, see, that's what a lot of people are doing today. Well, that's just church tradition. That's just man. That's just what man thinks, what man says. Let's not forget that when a man of God is speaking, coming from the word of God, the word is bigger than the man. You might try to reject the messenger, but what are you going to do with the message? We don't always like the messenger, but what about the message? Amen. Our morality is based on the Word of God. The forever settled, unchanging Word of God. Morality is not um, transitional. Morality does not change from generation to generation. Moral, what is moral was set in the foundation by the Word of God. So we don't believe everything in the Old Testament. Some of those were civil laws. There was three kinds of law. There was civil law, there was ceremonial law, and there was moral law. Civil laws had to do with if an ox falls in the ditch and the eye for an eye and all that kind of business. Some of those civil laws, we built upon the principles of them into new laws in the New Testament. There were ceremonial laws about the temple and the, and the colors and the tabernacle and the instruments. And with the new covenant, the tabernacle and temple is now the temple of our body. So all of that has to be transposed. But those forever settled moral laws, the Ten Commandments. Yeah. You know why we're still living by them? They are moral. They are a moral code. That's not civil. That's not ceremonial. That is morality. And it, 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 and it guides, it is a lamp to our feet and a light to our pathway. And what is moral, what is decent, what is right, what is acceptable. Can I get somebody to shout about the Ten Commandments here tonight? Would anybody say, I saw the light? I saw the light. I believe the moral declaration of a moral, wise, and true God. Yeah. And when you accept these things as moral code, they form your conscience. Suddenly now you have this, this inward ability, this inward voice, this preacher that preaches all the time. You're conscious. He'll be preaching long after I lay the microphone down tonight. He'll be preaching when no one's around but you and him. Your conscience is formed by the word of the Lord. And that's why we never want to have those conscience that is seared over. It means you have, you have burnt away the moral truths of God's Word that were shaping your conscience and letting you know what was right and wrong when there was no letter of the law addressing it. Every thought you could ever have and every action that you could ever do could not possibly be written in a law or a legislation from the Word of God. So He gives us moral code that gets in our spiritual DNA and forms our conscious. And that conscious will speak up if it is baptized by the Spirit of truth and it if it is firmly planted in the Word of God. Can you say amen? amen? Of course, his word is the inspiration behind many songs. I love scriptural songs. I love doctrine songs. I love songs that celebrate the truth that we hold so dear. I believe that church should be a celebration culture. I said, I believe this ought to be a celebration culture. 
I believe we should celebrate the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, not just on Easter Sunday. I believe we should celebrate His birth, not just at Christmas. I, I believe we should celebrate the truths. When, when we talk about the oneness of God, we ought to celebrate that revelation. It's hard for me to sit quiet with no response when somebody talks about the mighty God in Christ and that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. And when he says, I am he and, and before me uh, there was no God formed and neither shall there be after me and beside me there is no God. and I know not any. And he tells Philip, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. That, that raises up a joyous celebration in my my spirit. I believe we should not just hear truth, not just believe truth, and not just love truth, but I believe we should celebrate truth. I believe we should celebrate the new birth experience and celebrate the baptism of the Holy Ghost and celebrate the laws of separation from worldliness and ungodliness. I wish God would help us stop being so intimidated and so ashamed of our doctrines of separation and we could get a celebration in us. I saw the light. That's why I live the way I live. I got the light on the inside of me. The Holy Spirit of truth is within me speaking to me. My conscience is baptized in the fires of the Holy Spirit. And therefore, I celebrate this pathway of righteousness and holiness. That's a whole nother sermon. We ought to be a celebration culture. Celebrate everything. That's why I like being in a good Pentecostal church where they like to clap their hands and shout and dance and get on their feet. Why are these people standing up? I, I, I appreciate the support. It helps a preacher flow when there is support coming. But, but more than just supporting the, the, the messenger speaking, it's a celebration of what's being said. We celebrate the truth. Well, while I'm on all that, it's not really, part. well, whatever. Uh, that's why I believe it's good to say amen. amen. Uh, you can just relegate it down to just cheerleading. These preachers, they make you just, uh, you know, say amen the whole time they're preaching. Got to cheerlead them. Or they can't say a word. Well, that's just a very minor, low way of looking at it. Yeah. It's not in the way I look at it when somebody's preaching to me. No. If they speak a good word of blessing. <laughs> yeah. See, amen means so be it. So if they speak a good word of blessing, they speak a good word of prophecy, they speak a good promise from the word of God, I'm saying amen, brother. Amen, sister. Preach it. Speak that to my ears. Speak that to my heart. Speak that to my soul. Amen. That's why it doesn't matter to me if they're old or young or if they're what race they're from or if they're rich or poor or if they've been in ministry years or just getting started. One of these young men tomorrow night, they're going to say good things. Yeah. You can sit there and analyze how they worded it, how they crafted it, how well was it presented. Or you can say, man, that's good. Amen. I want some of that. Amen means so be it. And not just so be it in general, but so be it for me. So be it for me. Just because the guy down the road said amen, that was his amen. So it looked like he got it for him. But his amen won't work for me. His amen don't get it for me. My amen gets it for me. So when someone says the Lord is good, I need to say amen because I need the Lord to be good in my life. I'm glad he's good for you, but... 
I need a little bit of that over here on my end of the road. So you can't let somebody else's amen work for you. You've got to, you've got to say amen for yourself. You've got to agree for yourself. You've got to connect with it for yourself. And I see some of these folks, they're not content to just say amen. They've got to throw their hand up. Because they want to make sure it don't get by. They want to catch it as it's flying by. They want to catch someone. In case their amen didn't get it. Make... And if some ain't happy with that, they've got to get up on their feet. Both hands in the air. What are they doing? They say, I don't want none of that to get by this row right. Stop. Blessing. Stop right here. Truth. Stop right here. Prophecy. Stop right here. Woo. The Old Testament is a schoolmaster that brings us to Christ. Meanwhile, back to our regularly scheduled Bible study. The Old Testament is a schoolmaster that brings us to Christ, lays a foundation of principles that bring us to the revelation of Christ. The New Testament is launched with the outpouring of the Holy Ghost and fire. This creates a divine balance of spirit and truth. The true worshipers worship the Father in spirit and in truth. So we are word people and we are spirit people. We are spirit-filled believers. We also want to be word-filled believers. 39 books in the old, 27 books in the new. It's a library filled with truth. The word lets me see where I am and where I'm going. The Bible is literature of divine initiative. It's not man's book about God. It's God's book to man. Now, see, we're letting this slip away from us. And if you're not careful, that's what you do with preaching. We hear it as man's word about God instead of God's word to man. We need to get back to the basics here tonight. The Bible is not what men wrote about God. It's what God wrote through men about himself to men. It's a book of divinely inspired initiative. We call it the Holy Bible. We believe it's sacred. We believe it's of divine initiative. We believe it is of divine origin. Within it, there is law. There is history. There is wisdom. There is poetry. There is gospel. There is letters to the church of discipleship. There is prophetic utterance. There are stories of people's lives and failures and successes as they lived out his word. Examples of obedience and examples of disobedience. Examples of blessing and examples of cursing. It's all in there. And then, of course, there is the apocalyptic literature that speaks of the judgment and things to come. All of this, all of it is a lamp to my feet and a light to my pathway. I saw the light. I saw the light. No more in darkness. No more in night. Now I'm so happy. No sorrow inside. Praise the Lord. I saw the light. I can see where I am and I can see where I'm going. Because according to Hebrews, divinely inspired word, the word of God is quick 
and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joint and the marrow and is a discerner. That means a judge of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Now, we've gotten real sensitive these days. People are very sensitive. We had a sensitive culture. And, and as the world goes, so goes the church. We don't like to admit it, but it's the truth. The climate of the world affects the climate of the church. Gets hot outside, starts to get warmer inside. Gets cold outside, starts to get colder inside. That's why we attempt to install the ability to control the climate inside. So if it gets hot outside, we can cool it down inside. And if it gets cold outside, we can warm it up inside. Because sometimes you have to counter the external climate. Boy, there's a lot of preaching right there. The world's getting cold and dark and the love of many waxing cold. We better get to turning up the heat inside the house of God and inside our hearts. This is no time to be placid. This is no time to be casual. This is no time to be apathetic. We we better get to turning up the heat because, baby, baby, it's cold outside. (laughs) So here we are in this sensitive culture. We're in this time where you can't say anything. Everybody just loses their mind can't speak they just riot in the streets can't say anything about anybody everybody's a winner everybody gets a prize everybody gets a trophy you're okay I'm okay we're all okay God forbid that there would be something right and something wrong we've gotten sensitive people in the church are sensitive we have, we have copped out of strong preaching by copping out and calling it mean preaching. So you preach strong and then people feel like you're being unkind. If you preach a strong word from the Lord, He is so mean. I was raised on strong preaching. I like strong, I personally believe there is a difference between strong preaching and mean preaching. I don't believe you have to be mean to people or mean-spirited to a congregation to speak a strong, clearly defined, unwavering, uncompromising truth from the Word of God. I would go so far as to say it is not unkind or mean to speak truth. You can speak it with a smile on your face and with love in your heart. The Bible said speak the truth in love, which means it is not by nature unloving or unkind to speak truth. Now, I have heard truth spoken in an unkind and unloving manner. We all have. But that doesn't take away the possibility of speaking truth in a kind and loving manner. Truth is truth. I hope we're not too sensitive to hear it. I've preached strong to congregations and watched them 
bow their heads and feel like they were being beat up and instead of getting convicted they felt bad about themselves Lord help us to remember what conviction feels like when we get convicted, we are not to condemn ourselves and, and jump on the bandwagon of I'm a terrible, no good, nothing, I'm horrible, look at my terrible life. When we get convicted, it is to point us to the cross. It is to point us to the answer. It is to point us to the hope. It is to point us to salvation. It is to remind us there is a remedy for this failure. Conviction points to the cross. When you feel like it is, you have fallen short, that you have been weighed in the balance and found wanting, you should then push to the cross. Now, I'm trying to explain to you this says, as the Word of God is a discerner of thoughts and intents, and so we become a sensitive society, and you can't say anything and say, you're judging me. You're judging me. Don't judge me. Fine. But the Word of God is going to judge you. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight. All things are naked and open to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. The word is a discerner, a judge of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The word will judge us. We need to be aware of that. We are often, all of us, weighed in the balance found wanting when our lives are examined and compared in the light of his word and with that being said at the same time there is no source of power no source of help no source of wisdom or comfort that can compare with the divine flow of heavenly light coming down into the darkness of a life by his word his word is a light. His word is a heavenly flow. His word is the very bread of life. There is no reason for us to be weak or malnourished. Everything we need for every season of life is in the word of God. It is bread for the hungry. It is water for the thirsty. It is light for the darkness. It is strength for the journey. It is foundation in the midst of the storms of life. Every, why are we weak? We have no reason to be weak. We used to sing the song back in the old church, Come and dine, the master calleth, come and dine. Yeah. Jesus has a table spread where the saints of God are fed. He invites his chosen people, come and dine. I'd been pastoring about seven years. man walked into my office and said, I'm leaving this church. I said, okay. I said, why? I'm just not getting fed. I said, I'm making dinner three times a week. Ain't my fault if you ain't eating. I, and at that time, I said, we have seven years of cassette tapes out there. Everything I've ever preached, those are ready to eat meals just to add prayer. See, y'all have a nice pastor. Your most basic spiritual nourishment, your most basic daily sustenance, is to come from your personal study and personal application of the Word of God. The only time you eat is when you come to church. Ain't no wonder you're getting so skinny in the spirit. Need to get some meat on your bones. Eat up. Don't just eat when you come to church. Open that Bible up. Somebody say, I saw the light. 
See, the word will make you wise unto salvation, 2 Timothy 3.15. The word of the Lord will produce power and work inside of you, 2 Thessalonians 2.13. The word of the Lord is for your nourishment and growth, 1 Peter 2.2. The word of the Lord will build you up, Acts 20.32. It will keep you on God's path of instruction and righteousness, 2 Timothy 3.16. It will make you strong, 1 John 2.14. It will give you assurance and eternal life, 1 John 5.13. It will keep you from sin, Psalms 119 and 11. It will keep you from error, Matthew 22.29. It will warn you of pitfalls to come in your life, 1 Corinthians 10.11 through 12. It is spiritual protection by the armor of God, Ephesians chapter 6. It will help you know how to discern or judge properly in your life. According to Hebrews 4.12, somebody say, I saw the light. It is faith for your future without fear, according to Matthew 24.6. It will provide a song in your heart that you can even sing at night, according to Colossians 3.16. It will give you joy, according to Psalms 19 and 8. You can find encouragement, according to Romans 15:4, comfort, hope, and faithfulness also in the same verse. Spiritual liberty comes through John 8 and 31. It leads to holiness, to sanctification, according to John 17:17. 17, 17. You can find spiritual deliverance, according to James 1 and 21. And you can maintain your focus on Jesus Christ and live the abundant life, according to John 20 and 31. And you can war a good warfare by the prophecies that have been delivered unto you according to 1 Timothy 1.18. Whatever you need, it's in the Word. There's light coming through the universe in your direction. Can you celebrate His Word? Can you celebrate His Word all over the house? But I don't know what to do. Read it. But I don't know what the answer is. Read it. Get it off the shelf. Pick it up off the coffee table. Get it down off the mantle. Load it up on your iPad. Get it on your iPhone. Listen to Alexander Scorby. Get your cassette tapes out, your eight tracks, if that's the way it's got to be. Get out your CDs. Put it on your MP3s. Somehow, someway, get the Word of God in your house. Amen. Turn the TV off and turn the Word on. You'll be surprised how much you can find out if you read the Word of God. Turn the sports channel off and see what the Lord has to say about things. You know more sports scores than you do Bible verses. That's going to be a little problem along the way. You know the batting averages and can name all the members of your favorite team, but you can't name the 12 apostles. How come you're confused while you're sinking? I love you, but come on, we are people that got to live by the Word. In Him we live, in Him we move, in Him we breathe, and have our being. Can you say hallelujah anyhow? Matthews, I'm out of time, and I ain't even got started. Matthew 7, 24. I'll take a few more minutes, then I'll wrap it. Everyone who hears the words of mine and does them like a wise man built his house on the rock. Rain fell, flood came, wind blow, beat on the house. Did not fall. Because it was founded on a rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them not is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, the flood came, the wind blew and beat on that house. It fell and great was the fall of it. Well, seems to be a (laughs) no-brainer. 
wouldn't make you need a lot of time to figure that one out. Build your life and future on a rock or build your life and future on sinking sand. What do you think? Should we take a pew vote to see how the congregation feels about it? Rock, sand, stand, fall, survive, don't survive. What do you want to do? Could the amens have it? (laughs) So the challenge is obviously to build our lives on the principles, the moral code, the spiritual truths of the Word of God. And with it, bring the flow of the Spirit into your personal journey. The Bible said the Spirit and the truth agree in one. The Spirit cannot agree with untruth. We have to stay in the Word until our thoughts, emotions, and lifestyle are directed by the Word of God. Till our answers are there, our direction is there, our comfort is there, and our faith is there. And if we're getting answers from some other source, we're in trouble. If we're getting direction from some other source, we're in trouble. If we're getting comfort from some other source, we're in trouble. And if we're getting faith from some other, we better read it, we better write it, we better memorize it, we better speak it, we better pray it, we better claim it. I'm here to challenge you on your journey tonight. Get back in the Word of God. Get your Bible down. Read your Bible. Read it. Write it. Memorize it. Write it down on little index cards. Put them up in your car. Put them in the mirror. Hide the Word of God in your heart. Your heart will be happier. Your heart will be forever settled. You will have greater peace than you have now. Wake up with a verse in your mind. Go to bed with a verse in your mind. Wake up with a song that is forever settled. And go to sleep with a song of his praise. Let the psalms and the praises of the Lord be in your mouth from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same. I promise you, you can have a better life if you will hide the word of God in your heart. Speak it. Pray the word. Claim the promises of the word. Claim them out loud. It's not magic. It's spiritual growth. All, now you need to listen to this slowly and carefully. All spiritual provision flows into your life in direct proportion to your alignment with the Word of God. You cannot be disobeying truth and be blessed of the Spirit. We have become hearers of the Word. And not doers. The Bible said deceiving ourselves. Another way to look at that word is deceived is cheating ourselves. That's what it says. Cheating ourselves. We're cheating ourselves out of the blessings of the Spirit when we do not live in harmony with His Word. Now, y'all know me. I prophesy in a heartbeat. I believe in the gifts of the Spirit. And I get spooky and all that stuff. I believe in all of it. Angels, discerning of the Spirit, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, all that. I believe in all that stuff. Amen. I called a man today, a man of God, with a word from the Lord. And as I was speaking to him, he said, you have no idea how on you are. 
You are speaking to me very things that I have been uh, praying on the last few days. You're answering questions I have asked of the Lord. So I believe in that. And I love you. Not trying to be unkind. But you can bring me your wallet. And I can prophesy till my tongue hangs out over your wallet. And if you're not paying tithes and offering, the spirit is stuck. The prophecy is stuck. All that prophecy is is a declaration of divine intention. God can intend and promise and offer, but if you're not doing your part, well, see what happens. Why can't we celebrate that? Why, why couldn't we celebrate that truth? Don't, don't let that make you feel bad. Realize I think I just got an answer. If I can line myself up with the Word of God, I can release a greater flow, a greater anointing in my life. So I just don't have any joy in my life. Pray for me. I don't have no joy. Pray for me. I'm so depressed. Pray for me. I'm so discouraged. Pray for me. I've got a spirit of depression on me. Pray for me. I'm so oppressed. Pray for me. I'm so down. I'm happy to pray for you. I will pray. But you know what really would help you more than me praying for you? If you would just praise the Lord out loud while they were singing. Why didn't you get on your feet and clap your hands? Why didn't you get out in the aisle and try to do a little dance? I'm just uh, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen. With joy shall you draw waters of the wells of salvation. That's why we sing to give you a chance to shout it out. Get out there and dance. Get out there and feel the Lord. Shake off those heavy bands. Lift up those holy hands. We're not singing just to entertain. We're singing to give you a chance to get happy. Get happy. Use the worship. Use the joy of the Lord. Use the high praises of God. Shout unto the Lord with the voice of triumph. You can shout your way to victory. You can dance your way to a happy feeling in your soul. This is the best therapy anybody ever invented. Amen. Come to the house of God and worship till you feel better. Praise God till you get it flowing. I stood up many times and clapped and shouted and praised until I began to feel the good flow of the presence of the Lord. I got to preach a lot of times until there's a flow. He got to preach the glory down. He got to pray the glory down. He got to worship the glory down. Woo! Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Give the Lord some high praise. Woo! I love you. You can be see. I'm going to wrap this up. I... I set my timer 30 minutes, and I see him five minutes over, so i got to hurry to a close. But you cannot get the Spirit to do what the Word will not permit. See, see, we are trying to circumvent truth with prophetic words. And we'll just call until somebody prophesies what we want to hear. Turn channels till somebody's speaking your word. See, we're trying to circumvent truth. We're trying to get around forever settled laws of the universe and laws of righteousness and truth and get by the Spirit what was provided for us in the Word. The, word, the Spirit's like water. The Word's like bread. And I don't care how much you drink when you're hungry. You need something to eat. 
Amen. You have a spiritual hunger and a spiritual thirst. And when you're thirsty, a 16-ounce prime rib is not going to do the trick. See, I got to get fed by the Word for my hunger and by the Spirit for my thirst. And I am both hungry and thirsty. Come on, you're trying to satisfy a spiritual hunger with a, with a flow in the Spirit. You've got to get to the Word. You're hungry because the Lord wants to feed you with, with truths and principles. He wants you to open up the Bible and let the light shine in your mind and in your heart and in your soul. And it will make you strong. It's not just uh, slapping around in ankle-deep water just to have a good time, but getting that meat of the Word of God in my soul. Let me skip on down here. I'll skip on down. All right, I'll just... Let me end with this. Our musicians can get ready here. There are tremendous verses of the Scripture. There are great and precious promises of the Word of God. 2 Peter 1.4 And by these we are partakers of the divine nature. You partake of holiness by the Word of God. You eat it. You partake of it. You get the nature of it. Holiness and righteousness is against our nature. And everything we get from the world feeds the carnal man. And you can't help it. Your carnal man is going to take a little bite here and there. And your carnal woman. Not to, We don't want to leave you all out. We know how upset you get when we leave you out. So by all means do not be left out you carnal woman. Amen. Sin is an equal opportunity employer. And we will take bites of carnality through the week that will feed our carnal man or woman. And we must be a partaker of the divine nature and escape the corruption that is in the world. And we do that by the exceeding great and precious promises of the word of God. Come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, I will give you rest, says the Word of God. He gives power to the faint, to them that have no might, he gives strength. The youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint, says the Word of God. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus, says the word of God. You release all of his flow. You release all of his blessing. Would you like to stand as I finish? Stand across the auditorium if you are able. You release all of the flow and all of the blessing in your life when you have faith in his word to the point of obeying it when you have enough confidence in what you're reading to do it when you believe what is written or what is preached to the point of not just thinking about it not just dwelling on it not just talking about it but when you believe it to the degree that you will do it you will obey it you release the flow of the spirit to ignite it I'm a, I need to say this because I did kind of open the can of worms a little bit. We talk about 
We need to obey the Spirit. Obey the Spirit. Really, you can't obey the Spirit. You don't really know what the Spirit wants, per se. You can obey a word. If God speaks to me, I can obey that. If I read it, I can obey that. I really... As a matter of fact, you, you, you feel after the Spirit, you're not really sure of it. The Word, sure. I don't have to wonder what it said. Follow it. Obey it. Do it. The Spirit... See, we yield ourselves to the Word. We submit ourselves to the Word. And to the level we submit to the Word... I'm going to throw a revelation on you. The Holy Spirit will submit to you. Are you having trouble where that doesn't even... But it will. Look at the Spirit. Everything about the Spirit gives, provides. Gifts of the Spirit. That's something you receive. Fruit of the Spirit. That's something provided. The Spirit gives itself, provides. But the Spirit can only provide, yield, or give its fruit to the level we are in obedience to the Word of God. So I obey the Word and the Spirit comes flowing in. I submit to the Word and the Spirit comes flowing in. You cannot get the Spirit to flow against the truth of the Word of God. 124 times, and I am in closing. 124 times the phrase, praise the Lord, is in the Bible. It's one of the first and easiest commands to obey. It's a simple act of obedience and worship. It starts the flow of God's Spirit in your direction. The light begins to flow in the direction and the flood of your life. It's an easy command. Praise the Lord. It's why we bring people in an atmosphere, try to get them to worship the Lord. Because if you can just get the flow started. 637 times. 637. The Bible gives direction about giving an offering to the Lord. Well, I don't know if the Lord wants me to give an offering or not. 637 times. So simple to give a portion of your income and increase to the Lord brings His flow. 111 references to the church in the New Testament. Not counting the Old Testament foundational. I don't know if I should go to church. God's supposed to be in the church. Thinking live for God without the church. 111 times. 508 times we're instructed to pray. 280 times we are told to believe. 105 times we are commanded to repent. 51 times he told us to get baptized. 95 times we're instructed to forgive. 188 times we're told to trust. 64 of those times trust in the Lord. 257 times come unto me. I'm a parent. My sons are raised now. They're young men. But as a parent, we've all said... I've told you a hundred times. Well, I love you. We say, I don't know if I should go to the altar or not. 257 times come unto me. What do you suppose he wants you to do tonight? Come unto me, ye that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. If any man thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. A blind man came, he was healed. Peter came and he walked on water. Sick came and they left healed. Poor came, they were encouraged. Weak came, they received strength. The oppressed came and they were delivered. The lost came and they were saved. The bound came and they were set free. 257 times. Come!
and yet we're hearers. May the Lord make us doers of his holy word. Come. Come and lift your hands. Come and lift your hearts. Come and be refreshed. Come and be renewed. Come and let the spirit of the Lord flow into your heart and life. They're going to sing. They're going to pray. It's the last few moments of a good midweek service. These young men, they're only going to preach about 20 minutes, 25 minutes each night. We're going to have short services the next two nights, I'm sure. The spirit of the Lord is going to flow. But come. Come into the spirit. Come into the presence of the Lord. You can sing. I saw the light. I heard the word. I felt the voice. I'm building on the rock. Would you pour down like rain? Let the spirit of truth flow into your heart. To be still and know that you're in this place. Just let me stay in your holiness. Word of God speaks. Five hundred and eight times he said, Pray. Five hundred and eight commands to pray. Your majesty to be still and know. If you're praying, you are in the will of God. You're worshiping, you're in the will of God. let me You're repenting, you're in the will of God. In your holiness, the word of God. Speak to us, Holy Spirit of God. Pour down like rain. Let us walk in the light. Washing my eyes. Walk in the good flow. Your majesty to be still and know. Let everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God be cursed. May it be cursed. Please let me stay in in your holiness, the word of God speaks. Give me eyes to see. Pour down like rain. Give me ears to hear. Washing my eyes to see. Your majesty to be still and know that you're in this place. Please let me stay and rest in your holiness. The word of God speaks, pour down like rain, washing my eyes to see. Maybe this need to let the devil know what you think, right? <laughs> Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Lord, I believe. I believe your word. Pour down like rain. 